This is a sermon podcast from Ashland First United Methodist Church in Ashland, Oregon. Visit us online at ashlandmethodist.org for more sermons like this, church information, and how to get involved. Ashland Methodist, a community of open hearts, open minds, and open doors. Hooray, it's the end of Lent! Yay! Dorita has been leading you through weeks of Lent. We've all been through the last 40 days, and it's time to celebrate! You've seen the stores, right? They're all filled with new clothes and eggs and baskets and decorations and bunnies and all the stuff for Easter. But we're not there yet. We're not at Easter yet. This is the beginning of Holy Week, the last week of Jesus' life on earth. It takes place in the capital city in Jerusalem, and the crowds gather to welcome him, but there's a lot more to the story. And because there's so much to the story and it's so complicated, what do we say to celebrate this week. You don't exactly say, Happy Holy Week. It's not all that happy. It's a little too early to say, Happy Easter. Perhaps you could say, Christ is risen, if you're hardcore and want to say that a lot, but it's still too early for all that. We don't say that stuff yet. We're just now entering Jerusalem with Jesus. And so think about all the things that happen during that week. As a follower of Jesus, you could get whiplash. There's so much going on. It's, it's truly crazy to, to read all the things that happen in one week's worth of time. Consider you're a follower of Jesus and you celebrate his entry into Jerusalem. And then you cry, crucify, crucify him. He, you gather for a festive supper. He washes our feet. After a sumptuous dinner, we run away and hide. He asks, will you stay with me for a while? And we say, oh, yes, yes, master. And we don't. We abandon him. He's crucified and killed, and we take his body to a tomb and and lay him to rest and go away. And we come back, and he's not there. And then he is, and then he isn't, and and then he's not dead at all. And you could get whiplash from this story. It's no wonder we need so many props and stories and costumes and scripts and readers and songs and all the stuff to try and tell the story because it's complicated, isn't it? So much going on. But let's go back to those people in the first century and try and understand what they were feeling on the day we recognize today as Palm Sunday. We get this name, Palm Sunday, from a phrase in John's Gospel that says that the people welcomed Jesus into the capital city of Jerusalem by waving branches from the palm tree. 
Now, the other gospels say other things. Some say branches of trees, any kind of branches, I suppose. Some say they took their coats off and threw them on the ground for, for Jesus to walk on, sort of a, an early day uh, red carpet, I guess, reception. But we've taken to calling it Palm Sunday because of John's gospel. And the people were excited. I mean, they were really excited. They took those palm fronds and they waved them and they shouted Hosanna as Dorita taught the children. They were exuberant. Now, you might wonder why. Why were they so excited about this man? Well, they'd heard about him. They'd heard about this man from Nazareth, this itinerant rabbi who'd been going around telling stories parables, if you will, healing people, doing miracles, but most of all, he kept talking about a new reign, a new king, a new kingdom of God. I'm guessing people weren't too sure what he was talking about, but it was something new. It was a new ruler. It was going to be new and different, and they were excited because we're always excited about a new leader, aren't we? We're filled with hopes and dreams and excitement. <laughs> <laughs> but you've all caught on already. We're not all excited. Some people are really angry. And that's the way it was in Jesus' day. Some people were really excited, and some people were really angry. But if you're like me, you might wonder, before the days of telephones and televisions and internet and all these things, even printed newspapers. How did people know about Jesus? How did they know? Well, it's the old-fashioned style. It's often called the grapevine. You know, one person sees and hears and tells the other person. The other person hears and sees and tells them. You know how that goes. Actually, it's a lot like tweeting, I think. But... <laughs> But they'd all heard about him. Here's Jesus of Nazareth. He's coming to town. He's coming. We'd better welcome him. We're going to grab some branches, grab things, go out and welcome and cheer. And they're excited about a new leader. This person that they think is going to be the new king, the new Messiah, save them. Care about them. Hallelujah. Now, before I go too far in my comparison of Jesus' day and today, I need to know, is there anyone here who personally attended either the Republican or Democratic conventions last year? <laughs> Any one of you at the per personally attended the conventions? Okay, well, we're all in the same boat then. We have to imagine what it's like. Imagine you're, you're with a group of people that are so excited about a new leader, a new a change, something's going to be different, and they're excited, and confetti drops from the ceiling and balloons and the, they wave palm branches or flags or whatever they wave. People are excited. And that's what it was like in Jerusalem. Some people were so excited. Here's our new leader. Now, they might have thought he was coming to be the new king or introduce the new king in some way, and he rides into town on a donkey. Not a war horse, 
a donkey. That was probably more than symbolically revealing because this is a different kind of leader. He's not the leader that they expected to overcome the Romans, the Roman rulers. These people were being oppressed by the Romans who were, who were occupying their land, forcing them to do and be things that they weren't. They wanted a new leader to care about them, to do what benefited them, to, to speak for them, to act for them. They were full of hope and expectation. This was a new era. But of course, some people weren't. Some people wanted to hold on to what had been or what they have because of the Roman rulers. They didn't want change. They didn't want this new person. And so there's these two opposing forces, if you will. But to be true to statistics and human beings, the reality is most of us are in between. Most of us are neither way over here or way over here. We're someplace in between. And we feel a mixture of hope and fear, of optimism and anxiety, of all those different emotions all at the same time when we look towards a new leader. That's what it's like when there's change. Change in government, change in political leadership, in church leadership, in partnerships, in marriages, in schools, in relationships. It's a mixture of hope and fear of what will be. That's what it means to be a human being and look to the future. You've got all that together. Now, Mary mentioned that there was a group of you, I understand, that gathered on Inauguration Day and wrote down some of those hopes and fears on paper and put them in containers that's been on the altar. And today, after this service, Marie Hunter Ripper is going to do the Native American ceremony of smudging to release those hopes and dreams and fears to God, to send them up with the smoke to say, God, you take over now. You take our hopes and dreams of making the world a better place for everyone and help that happen. And the Spirit of God, take away our fears and anxieties. Let them go. And the spirit of calm and peace and hope will prevail because we do that. It's an ancient ceremony that speaks to the soul in all of us. And so when we look at those people that gathered on that first Palm Sunday, they were full of hope and expectation, or they were fearfully angry and upset. Most people stood on the side and watched. Most people are like you and like me, and we observe. Oh, we might have opinions. We might have preferences. But most of us don't act on that. We don't do much about it. Most of us will go through this week that we call holy and not make much difference. 
not change us, not change the world. But we sit here in a Christian sanctuary after years of this evolving religion coming about and wonder, how could anybody be opposed to him? Here's the man of peace and grace and love who did the radical thing of loving the outcasts, of eating with sinners, of speaking to women, of welcoming children, of caring about the outcasts, the homeless, the poor, the prisoners, all those things that were radical ideas and taught us as followers that we should be doing all those radical things too. How could a person of kindness and love be disliked? Well, we all know a little about that, don't we? Many people are scared or angry at people that do the unthinkable, love the outcast, care what happens to others, act for those who can't act or speak for themselves. And what Jesus told his followers is that you come, you follow me, and you do what I do. So that's the real question of this week. How will you be any different when the week is over? Is it going to make a difference to you, to your life, and probably more importantly to all those people around you? Are you a follower of Jesus? Are you shouting Hosanna? I hope so. Amen.